Hello and welcome to State of Crime. One state, two murders, a whole lot of crime, especially this week because we are going back to California with Kaylin's case. Yes. Yes. So I had a couple of options for California, which is we did kind of shortly discuss maybe trying to do a couple of weeks in California just because there are so many options. Um, And I actually went with a case that was not one of my original options. Uh Uh-huh. And we talked about at the end of last episode that when I first found out about this case, it was something I cried. Mm-hmm. Which is very unusual because normally I'm very good at keeping my emotions kind of on the back burner when it comes to looking when it comes to researching these cases. But this one was just so sad. Aww. But it's also very strange and it kind of ties in where we don't really know a whole lot about your perpetrator. Okay. We're gonna right. the loosely. I use right. that word loosely. But the public doesn't know our perpetrator here. Right. Which is strange to me. And this is something that I've never come across before. Okay. So we are going to 1982. Alrighty. In Paradise Pines, California. Okay. Now, this town no longer exists. Okay. This was one of the towns in the last, I believe it was last year, maybe a year before last, okay. where there was a huge chunk of California that burned. Okay. Straight burned to the ground. This is one of those oh, towns. Okay. So this is, what was Paradise? Was it Paradise? Paradise Pines. Yeah. So this town just no longer exists. So this is in the same, I think, area of mine as well, because you're up in north or north central mm-hmm. kind of California there. Right. So... <clears throat> On December 1st, 1992, six-year-old Daniel Hohenstein, he disappears. Okay. And so he was playing outside when his mom had gone outside to find him because she had made dinner Mm -hmm. to bring him in. She couldn't find him. Okay. And the last time she, he had disappeared in a matter of about 20 minutes. Okay. Okay. Now, we'll get into that a little bit in a little while. Now, what we do know about him is that he did have two siblings, a brother and a sister. Okay. I believe they are older than him. We don't really get a whole lot of information about the siblings. Okay. Like at all. We do know that this poor little six-year-old Danny Hohenstein was the child to a very alcoholic mother. Mm. He was very neglected. His teeth were rotting. He was malnourished. He ended up eating ice cream for dinner a lot of the time. He didn't really have the greatest childhood, clearly. He ended up with scabies, Mm -hmm. and his mom had to actually go through and do like a deep clean of the house to make sure it didn't continue to spread. But Mm -hmm. it was said that the scabies was caused with the shitty place that he was in. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He was didn't have a good hygiene Mm -hmm. because his mom was an alcoholic and didn't care about anything but the alcohol. Mm -hmm. And so he disappears and the case quickly goes cold. Okay. Now where they're at, the sheriff's department in this town, they have apparently at the time they had a very, very, very good search and rescue team. Mm Mm-hmm. Search and rescue goes out. They find nothing. Mm -hmm. No clothes, no shoes, no sign of him. It was just like he poof, disappeared. Mm -hmm. 
And so it, they ended up closing the case and just calling it a closed cold case. Mm-hmm. Well, that about a year later is when we meet FBI agent Jeffrey Reinick. Okay. And he was tasked with a missing child's case and he ended up helping solve it very quickly. And apparently at the time, if you were good at something, they just kept giving you these cases. Mm -hmm. So since he found this, since he solved one of these child cases, they just kept throwing him missing children. Okay. And eventually they got a new director at the FBI. And this new director had decided that they were going to form kind of like a task group, which was the um, FBI's Crimes Against Children. Okay. And now Reinick was part of this task group. I don't know if they actually called it a task group, but that's what we're going to call it for lack of a better term. And he and another handful of people that were around the country were tasked with taking closed cases that um, had children involved, missing children or anything like that. And they were supposed to look at some of them, see if they were able to help solve any of them. And so this happened to be one of the first ones that he comes across. And it was about a year after Danny had disappeared. And so uh, FBI agent Reinick teams up with the local detective on the case. And now I said that this case went cold and it was closed very quickly. Mm-hmm. That for once in most of our cases was not due to shitty police work. Okay. That was just due to no evidence. They had nothing. Mm-hmm. And they eventually just kind of chalked it up to like, oh, he probably made his way into the canyon that was close to his house. He fell, he got hurt, mm. or he was attacked by an animal. Mm-hmm. Elements. Something, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it was December. So that's what they chalked it up to mostly. And when... Agent Reinick gets involved and he's looking through it. He realizes that this doesn't, like, that doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Because we have no evidence to say that he was ever near that area Mm -hmm. or that he would have fallen in that area. Again, Mm -hmm. there was no clothes, no shoes, just no evidence anywhere of him. Mm -hmm. And so he starts... Reinick and the local detective, whose name I did not write down, and now I feel bad about it, uh-huh. um, they team up and they reopen this case and they start digging into it. Now, the local detective, he had done his work mm-hmm. and he was really good at keeping paper trails. Okay. And that was something that Agent Reinick said was a, the biggest help that they could have had. Right. This detective taking as many notes as he did. Uh-huh. And so they start digging around and they're looking into it and they find out that along with the alcoholic mother and the neglect and the malnourishment <sighs> and all of these bad things, they also had heard from people in the neighborhood that Danny was usually seen hanging around outside unsupervised so this is just like a tragic case yes before i mean this is one of those where you're like he was not well taken care of it does make you feel like possibly there could have been some prevention unlike some of our other cases right 
Um, there was a neighbor that had told the detectives that on a cold, snowy morning, Danny was found on her front porch. Okay. Asking if he could come inside. Oh, God. And he was just in his PJs, no jacket, no shoes, none of that. And so she let him in. She fed him breakfast. And there were other similar stories coming around. There were times the kindergarten teacher, his kindergarten teacher had said that he fell asleep in class a lot and that there was just a lot of these things. This was a neglected child. So let's start, first of all, that he should have been taken away from this environment. Right. And that's another thing in this country that we have to deal with is that we do not take care of our children. Right. There, I've said it. And when we, again, with the neglect, there's a point in time where Danny's mom and I'm going to put this word in air quotes because of the way it's going to sound um Danny's mom had misplaced him she had left him with a friend went out on a bender and didn't remember where she who she left him with three days she couldn't find him because she didn't remember what friend she left him with Three days. I'm, I'm going to blow. Because, and again, this bullshit that we have in this country, too. And I understand this is a fine line. And it gets very, very difficult. Because there are also stories where parents have lost custody of children. And it has also been bullshit. But I will say that far and away, the number of children who are made to suffer in the care of piece-of-shit parents... Or maybe they're drug addict. Maybe I'm being too harsh. I do understand addiction is a disease, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I would like to argue. Well, you and I will disagree on that. But so, the only reason I say addiction is not a disease, I don't give a fuck what any doctor says. <laughs> These people, the addicts, mm -hmm. and I've known a lot in my life, you know what I mean? But the addicts. It's not like fucking cancer. Cancer happens to you. You don't do something. It's a mental illness. No, fuck that. They decided to do the drugs. They made the choice knowing the possibility and the likelihood of getting addicted to it. You're not, I can't, I couldn't be like, oh, I shot, I shot up fucking heroin. Addiction. And now I'm an, I'm addicted to it. Oh, but it's a thing. I didn't do it. You know what I mean? Like, fuck that. Addiction is much more about a mental and emotional response to chemicals than it is physical and physiological. But to me that to me it's bullshit because okay. they decide to do the drugs. They know the likelihood of being addicted to it, especially in but this again, day. But again, most people who go to drugs and alcohol and things like that are doing so to numb some sort of emotional and mental pain. Like I said, it, it's very tangled for me. And and I understand that people feel like you do, you know, and I respect that, but I, I really do believe, I think, um, like Johan Hari, look him up. It's J O H A N N. And I think it's just H A R I. Okay. He has some books and he has a lot of videos that are out on YouTube and all over. He really talks about addiction in some of the best ways that I've ever seen. So I'll just throw that out there and then. I don't know. I just have a I get heart. I, I and I get and I get feeling like you do. I I do. I I do. So because 
especially especially nowadays, mm-hmm. everybody knows that meth is not good for you. You know heroin's not good for you. You know opioids aren't good for you. You know the likelihood and the very high possibility that you are going to be addicted to these things. Why do it? Why? But the same is true, Kaylin, of cigarettes and alcohol. Right. Do you know what I mean? No, and for sure. So, I don't know. I get it. Yeah. I know. I, uh, that's okay. Anyway, back to business. (laughs) So we're so good at being like, what do I want to say? We're so good at being like respectful of each other's opinions. Right. (laughs) I'm proud of us. Except when you told me to fuck off one day, but we won't go back to that. (laughs) That's only because (laughs) you were being contradicting. (laughs) I love it. Okay. So she left him with a friend for three days, didn't know where Which he was. Which is ridiculous. I'm and sorry. she never called the cops. But on December 1st, when he goes missing, he is missing for about, we estimate about 50 minutes, and she calls the police. Okay. Only because she was supposed to be taking Danny to his dad's house that evening so that she could have the night to herself to go out and get drunk. But she couldn't go out and get drunk if she couldn't find Danny to take to his father's. Okay. It's the only reason she called the cops. So he was missing for about 20 minutes. So what we do know from that day is that there was a construction site nearby his house where they were building a house. And he spent a lot of that day... Watching, watching them as, as this house. yeah little kids are fascinated right. you know with equipment and all of that so. right and he was seen with a dog who i believe they said was a cocker spaniel doesn't really matter but um he was out in the neighborhood with this dog who they ended up describing this dog as kind of like danny's best friend mm-hmm. So they were each other's best friends. So this Well, yeah, because he had shitty, shitty home life and no one to take care of him. And this dog's owner had gone to jail. Okay. So the dog didn't have anybody. Daniel didn't really have anybody. You're killing me. They just kind of had each other. And so they hung around the construction site watching the house being built. And when the construction guys started, like, packing their stuff up, they were about to go home for the day. Um, The lead at the construction site told Danny like you need to go get a jacket on because mm-hmm. like it's cold like go home get a jacket so he did he went home and that was the last time his mother saw him she remembers him coming in the house grabbing his jacket and she had just started making a pot of mac and cheese for his dinner which is where we got our 20 minute timeline okay she had just started the pot of water to make okay. the mac and cheese and so it took about 20 minutes to cook when it was done she went outside to get him and couldn't find him. She searched around for about 30 minutes, called the cops. So okay. we have about a 50-minute timeline of him disappearing. And he, his mom was said to be, once he actually, once he did disappear and she did call the cops, even the FBI agent who would like, later meet with his mother did say that she was as helpful as she could have possibly right. been. And while... While he was not missing, she didn't really seem to care about him or his life. 
she did. She she didn't. And I'm gonna say, you know, she can be an addict and she can do these awful things like forgetting where she put him for three days and still love him. Do you know what right. I, I mean? That's that's the tragedy of addiction there. Right. So, and so she really tried to do everything that she could, and his siblings also eventually, once they were old enough, they were also involved. Granted, this only went on. The whole investigation from the day he disappeared until the end is about five years. If you want to take out a year because of the time that it was closed before the FBI agent Reinick came in. Okay. So about four or five years. And one of the things that agent Reinick talks about is the polygraphing of parents, of missing children specifically. Now, he talked about how much he hates doing that polygraphing parents because the way that polygraphs are set up parents with missing children will fail almost every well, single yeah, time because they're in so much emotional distress and panic and and, and, that, blame and, themselves. and that's all that a poly yes and that's all a polygraph can measure it doesn't tr that's what people don't understand it has no way of actually knowing if you're lying or telling the truth right. it's just measuring your heart rate your perspiration right you know your your breath rate, that sort right. of stuff. And many people, when they're being deceitful, those things vary because it takes, it causes internal stress. Which is why I've always... But a sociopath will pass a polygraph with no problem. Right. And that's what one that's one of the reasons I've always said I would fail any polygraph Me about too. anything. My anxiety is too high. Exactly. And, and as soon as I feel like I'm in trouble, I'm freaking out. Right. Even if you didn't do anything wrong. Exactly. It's like having a cop behind you and mm -hmm. you're like, fuck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So he did talk about that and he talked about his, in his entire career as an FBI agent, he met, he remembers meeting one parent that passed a polygraph test wow. from a missing kid. And, and they he, probably did it. No, oh, but okay. he didn't care. It, it ended up being that he just didn't really care that his kid was missing. Okay. And so he had no emotional tie to it. So he was just, he was able to pass it. But every other parent that he remembers coming across has never passed a polygraph. And it makes sense. And I don't think that that should be something that, that police should rely on to figure out if somebody is guilty. Because he's right when he says that parents, whether or not they did something, they will feel responsible for their child being missing. They will. Mm -hmm. So... That was something big that they had talked about. Now, there was a bunch of leads. They did follow. They did some uh, searching. They did a lot of interviewing. They did a couple of polygraph tests. Um, they polygraphed a man that was friends with Daniel's mother, who I believe was a registered sex offender or who had had some sort of criminal past that would have given them the idea that maybe he could have been involved. Right. So they did a very very intense polygraph test and very intense interviewing and they were extremely discouraged when none of it panned out and they had realized that this man is not involved um another lead this it just seems like a really shitty place to live 
It or, well, again, you know, shitty people. In I'm going to go back to our Jennings case, which be just because I've been following the Facebook group and I've been working on our, you know, follow right. up and it's taking me more time than I'd like, but school's just crazy right now. Hmm. But, um, you know, I think that's the problem with a community like Jennings. You have, you know, a lot of poverty. You have very poor people who don't trust the police because so often either when it, any contact they have with the police leads to them getting in trouble or bad things, or you can't always trust the cops. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. And so, I mean, that's, that's the reality of so many, and Jennings is not alone. I mean, any small community with a lot of poverty is going to have these dynamics to right. it. And this is, sounds like just another one. So another lead came from a boy, a, a young boy in town. We don't have any information on this boy. Um, but he thought that maybe his dad may have had something to do with it. His own dad? His own dad. Oh my God. Um, this little boy would sit awake for as long as possible in his hallway at night to try to keep his dad from going into his little sister's room. Oh. And so when all of this was going about, this little boy was like, my dad could have done it because I know he does this bad stuff to my sister. But this little boy was brave enough to sit in his hallway as long as possible at night awake to make sure his did, his dad wouldn't go in there. I'm crying. Like inside. I said, a little. Yeah, this is a horrible, shitty. horrible case. Right. Well, as time went on, the detectives would talk to the siblings, and Danny's sister ends up telling the detectives about a boy in the neighborhood that sometimes would hang out with Danny. Now, this is where things get weird because we have no name for this boy boy do we know how old he was apparently he was a few years older we're not exactly sure how and many. how old was danny again six okay um so she tells about this boy who lived in town she gave some information on him and when they go to do some digging they find him in some again we don't have much information um they find him in a state institution, uh, some sort of psychiatry institution. Okay. okay. Um, we, again, don't have a name, which is very frustrating. Well, probably if he's a minor, that's why. Right. So they, find, they, they do locate him and they go to talk to him. And when they do talk to him, they make sure that they have his doctor present so that there's no like things. Right. That, you know what I mean? So they're doing everything following the letter of the law, dotting their I's, Correct. crossing their T's. Correct. And they go talk to this boy. Mind you, I said that Danny ended up with scabies at one point. So with the scabies, they had to shave his head. And so they show a picture of Daniel with a, a, some other people, I believe. And he's like, oh yeah, that's Danny. That's what he looks like now. Now this boy being in this institution they then after meeting him and talking to his doctor they also very quickly learn how low this boy's iq is okay he well if he was 
you know, in a bad enough state to be institutionalized, you know it's bad. Right. Um, and they start talking and he, the boy starts telling a story about there was a time when he would go hang out with Danny. He went to Danny's house. They played Nintendo. And that was one thing that was said, especially by his Danny's siblings, was that he didn't, Danny didn't have a lot of things. Clearly, we've talked about his home life. But he did have one prized possession, and that was his Nintendo. Nintendo. And so there was a point where he tells a story about him and Danny playing Nintendo, and then playing, and then being out at a park somewhere. And eventually, it comes that this boy I, we can give him a name i guess okay i don't really do you want to throw let's call him? him johnny okay As, johnny yeah. so johnny starts telling a story about how he hurt danny in a bathroom oh and that's kind of it for a while and they go back to Danny's mom and was like, hey, do you know this kid? Like, has he ever been in the house? Anything like that? And she's like, well, like, I know who he is, but he's never been in the house. But she's not the most reliable either because she's gone a lot or she's incapacitated. Right. So. Right. He and could that have was, been. That was one thing that she, they ended up telling her that they were like, he knows the layout of the inside mm. of your house. Like, he's right. been here before. Right. And. It seemed, you could tell where his mental capacity was due to his lack of knowing how time, how much time has passed. Mm -hmm. Because he, when he saw the picture of Danny, he's like, oh, that's what he looks like now. Mm -hmm. And that was with his long hair. That was before his hair had even been shaved. Okay. And so they're doing, investigating on him and they are able to go into his home, talk to his mom do some looking around in the house. And it was kind of hard the way it was described on whether or not it was inside the home or outside the home or like in a shed or a garage. Um, but there was said to be a shrine almost of what it would be for a little boy. Okay. And what they found was a set of car keys in just like a little bowl. Okay. And they were able to take the keys, get the car, and do testing. And originally, they didn't really find much. Whose car? Like, we'll get there. Okay. But, oh, this was at Johnny's home. Home. So the keys in the bowl were to his mom's car? I would assume it was okay. somebody. Yeah. they Again, it's... Somebody in the home. They right. weren't, like, keys he had stolen. That's what I was trying to get to. No, they okay. were not. And so they do some testing. They look around in the car. They take... And granted, this is in, I believe, 90... So he disappeared in 92, and I believe they found... Everything ended in 97. So okay. So they end up doing some testing. And at this point, one of the main DNA tests that they have is the mitochondrial DNA. Mm -hmm. And with mitochondrial DNA, all they can get from it is... If it is an offspring of a certain woman. Right. It is because specifically the mom's gene. Right. And for a long time, they said that all of your mitochondrial DNA only came from the mother. Mm -hmm. Recently, I swear, I read an article. They said you can get some from your father. But I, I'm not clear on that. But we do some more research because I think there's some breaking news in that field. So, huh. 
Well, so they find a hair, I believe, okay. in in the in the vehicle, um, but they don't have anything to test it against because they right. don't have a body. Uh huh. They still have not found Danny's body. Mm. Well, they end up a couple of hikers. Oh no! Find the skull of a little boy. Crap. Now, they don't really have any medical stuff for this child because he was so neglected. Uh-huh. Um, and another thing, I mentioned his rotting teeth, which means there's no dental records to be able to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they end up getting the remains, and at this point they can't say whether or not, huh, that's cool. She just showed me an article about being able to, the mitochondrial DNA also being able to be found in father for fathers. Yeah, well. and that's very new. So. Right. Um, so at this time, it was specifically right. just mothers. Yes. Well, so they were able to take the hair they found, take the uh, part of the, I believe it was one of the leg bones, and take DNA from Danny's mother and be able to match everything. And all the, all, the only thing that they were really able to get is that this DNA would be from an offspring of Danny's mother. And since they clearly know that the two other children are alive, are alive and, well, and well, right? this is obvious. Unless she has some secret one that she murdered and threw in the mountains <laughs> and doesn't remember because she was drunk all the time. Right. But so no, yeah. they are able to come this to the conclusion, Danny. this is Danny. So they finally have Danny's body, which is fantastic. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Um... And they also now know who's responsible for it. Johnny. But what else they find out is that he was not alone. He may have been the only person to hurt Danny and to kill Danny, but But he was not the one that got rid of his body. His parents helped? His mother. Oh my God. Now, the fucking bonkers part is so again we've talked about how Johnny had a very low metal right capacity. right very very low it had been rumored around town that there was some sort of incestuous sexual relationship between Johnny and his mother oh so like fuck this mother so not literally not, that's not yeah but like another woman who should not have had her tra- children correct so when they talked to Johnny th- Johnny didn't know that he killed Danny. He fully thought that Danny was sleeping. And when he and his mother took him out and left him wherever they left him. He thought they were just leaving him and he'd be found or like, well, I'm sure she lied to him. Yeah. And And so he thought that Danny was sleeping. So I hope they nailed this bitch to the wall. So I said, we don't know him. Right. We also We've, don't have a name for her because, so they will not release his name. Which I understand. He's a minor. He's institutionalized. There's all of these He, he cannot, he won't be prosecuted right. because his mental capacity yes. is so low. And he he's already locked up. Right. So, so that's the thing is the prosecution decided that they couldn't charge him or they, they couldn't prosecute him. He wouldn't have been able to stand trial. There's no way right. they would have found But him. you can still make sure this is part of his records so that where he's being held, they keep that as a part of his case. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Before, so, so he's not let out. The prosecution is holding on to this case, and they are holding on to everything that they have on it. So if so, by any crazy thing, 
if he gets let out again, they will prosecute okay. in a heartbeat. But until then, why? He's already in a state institution. There's no sense. I mean, the family, right. Danny's family knows what happened. They now have their closure that they right. want. And he's not a danger to society because he's locked up. Correct. What about this bitch? I want her nailed to a wall. And I don't care if you can't release his name. You, she probably doesn't even have the same last name as her kid. She needs to be prosecuted. She won't be. I hate you. Because statute of limitations for accessory was over. She had, they had done past the statute of limitations. I'm so done with statute of limitations. Another rant of mine. Mm -hmm. So we don't know who she is either. What a bunch of bullshit. Now, this one big thing I want to get out of this case is this FBI agent. I think not only the sadness of how poorly Danny was treated during his life. Whole life. Well, and again, like I said, that's, that's a failure of our society. The mm -hmm. fact that we do not take care of children in this country. Right. We don't educate them properly. We don't make sure that they're fed. We don't make sure that they're healthy. We don't make sure that they're not in the hands of monsters. Over and over and over again, we fail. Right. And I see this on the daily. So. So I want to give the biggest praise to this FBI agent. Yes. Not only for helping solve this case, but the way that he has gone about the victims of other cases that he has solved. And a lot of these victims are alive in that he was able to help with before they ended up being killed. Mm -hmm. Um, and he wrote a book and uh, this is, uh, we talked this about is the book you want this for is Christmas the book that I asked my parents for, for Christmas. <laughs> it is called in the name of the children an FBI Sorry, I can't read it. It was too mm -hmm. small. <laughs> the, the picture I was looking at was far too small. Um, in the name of ch of the children, an FBI agent's relentless pursuit of America's worst predators. Now, this, he, I had listened to him talk about this book that he wrote. What's his name, honey? Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey Reinick. Okay. And he, I'll post a picture of the book on our Instagram okay. page. I will actually make a, make a point to do that. I'll, yeah. So this book originally wasn't supposed to be a book. It was something that his wife had asked him to write, kind of like a, an autobiography of, you know what I mean? Right. For the family, maybe. For his or, family. Yeah. So that his kids would have something of his when they got older and his grandchildren could read this, what he, how he lived his life and what he did as an FBI agent. And by the time he was done and they read it, his wife basically was like, you need to publish mm -hmm. this. This needs to be something that other people read. Right. So every chapter in this book is named after one of the victims, one oh, of his victims. And I his, love him. His final chapter is tied, the name of it is his wife's name and his two children's name because of the things that he had also gone through. And he talks about... Um, suicidal moments in his life. He talks oh, about his victims that he's helped. And this man has taken his oath to help people to a whole new level. So he talks about how 
He has kept in touch with victims. He's gone to weddings and baby showers and all of the graduations. And one of the victims that he had helped at one point had asked him, so are we just another case number to you? Aww. And he was like, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. And any of the victims that want to be in touch with him, he is kept in touch with. And he, his, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. it's fucking insane. Because you do think... He also, by the way, I was looking him up while you were talking about him here. He's also credited with obtaining the confessions from the serial killer behind the Yosemite murders. Badass dude is what he is. Mm Mm-hmm. And he, granted, when he was born, he had some, I don't, I don't know if deformities is the right word. Uh He had some issues where he later was able to get surgeries to fix it. Okay. Um, and so that played a huge part in his life because for his first, I believe 10 years or so of life, he was bullied because of these, because of these things, which probably is what gave him some of his compassion and right. And And he probably reads a lot of books and, um, every victim that he did talk about in this book, they were all sent a copy of the book before it got published because he didn't want any of his victims to see these and be uncomfortable with it or didn't want, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they didn't want their names out there or something like that, I'm sure, you know. Right. And one of them, he talks about how she had called him after she read it. And she was telling him how she read and reread and reread that chapter Mm -hmm. because the way that he talked about her was not the way that she felt. She still very much felt like a victim. And he portrayed her as this brave woman who was able to able to overcome as a survivor a right hero. and she had told him that the whole time she just read it and reread it and sobbed and reread it and she thanked him and but this man has done so much good and i think that he needs to be recognized i for think that. all of those people do because you know there's a lot of evidence that can you imagine going home after dealing with some of the things that he dealt with do you know i mean just i i think about this and this is true for a lot of the good law enforcement officers and first responders that we have out there you know the trauma of hearing some of the stories that they have to hear and seeing some of the things that they have to see you know what i mean and he did it over and over and over again with children right which i can't imagine no yeah well and the way that he became an fbi agent was really cool um he went to law school and then wow straight up was like i want to be in the fbi like that's something that he had wanted for a lot of his life so he went to law school and was trying to kind of find an in And one of them was like, he could be a clerk for three or five years, and then he could become an FBI agent Mm -hmm. for working for the FBI as a clerk. And then they ended up like canceling that program and didn't grandfather anybody in. Of course. And so he had like alternate routes to be able to get to where he wanted to be. He was never a police officer before any of this. He Mm -hmm. went straight to the FBI and he knew what he wanted to do and he fucking did it. And he helped a lot of people. That's awesome. And so hero for real. And I think that that is something he needs. He needs praise for that. Mm -hmm. Because when you think uh, uh, for me, at least when 
people talk about like I don't famous. I mm-hmm. use famous in air quotes <laughs> because I don't like a I don't like FBI agents and stuff to be compared to like celebrities. No, right, right. But when you think of like the famous FBI agent, John Douglas, John Douglas and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so like I think that his name is not known very well and I and think it, it should, should be. be. Right. And that was one of the main reasons I chose this case yeah. is because he needs the praise. Somebody get this man a Netflix series or something. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, so speaking of Netflix series, because oh, we are boy. now going off the rails yes. for a moment. I It's brand new, like brand, brand new. And I don't know if you have been on Netflix in the last couple of days. I just watched Marriage Story, which is the new one by Noah Baumbach. And it has Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, and it was beautifully written. And I've always known that Adam Driver was my boyfriend, and now I know he's my husband. And yes, watch it. Um, there is a limited series that just started. Called? Called The Confession Killer. Ooh. So Henry Lee, Henry uh. Lee... Lucas, who was batshit crazy, by the way. So this is a this is a series about him, him. because he confessed to hundreds, hundreds. yeah, of and, murders and led on wild goose chases. Like, cause so many, he was one of those that was just lying. I mean, there's no doubt he killed people, right? But he was one of these that's just crazy and lies through his teeth. There's no right. way he killed anywhere near the number he claimed. And most of them that he confessed to, there was zero evidence that right. he had anything to yes. do with it. Yeah. But I watched the trailer for it the other day and it looks fantastic. Yeah. So I knew that was something that I needed to bring up because <laughs> it and it's, it's a docu series. Right. So it's not it's not something that's like based on mm-hmm. whatever. It'll be factual. Yes. And it looks fantastic and i would love to watch it yes that's way more better than watching children yes yeah this is such a sad story it is so sad like i said there is not oh i didn't even tell one of the biggest one of this this was probably one of the moments that made me smile and cry at the same time okay now with daniel being so just not neglected is the only way abuse it's abuse it's abuse there were little to no photographs of him. But there was one that that Reinick found, and it was from the dentist office when they were trying to fix his poor rotting teeth. And they he took this photograph, he took it to one of his buddies at the FBI, and he asked him, can you crop out any of the dentist office mm-hmm. information. I just want his face. And I don't need any of the other information. Can you do what you can? Mm-hmm. And he was going to get a big frame, get it blown framed. up and framed for Danny's siblings. Aww. So Danny's mother did pass away either right before or right after they figured out what had happened. Um, and so when the FBI had heard about what he was doing with this picture for the family, the FBI covered all the costs of it instead of making him pay for it himself, which he was planning on doing originally. Um, but he got a big picture blown up for the siblings. And Danny and his mother are... Buried uh, together. They're side by side in a mausoleum. Is that what they're called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're they're buried in the same mausoleum together. Um, if it's above ground, right? You mean like I an above so. ground yes. grave? So 
they're yeah oh and i was gonna that's funny because in my case i forgot to tell you my murderer and my victim are buried side by side <laughs> in downingville california which is so weird i hope she's torturing him me for too. the rest of her soul me too so oh sad case i told you like it was i said be yeah sad. i just yeah just horrible so just like i said i just i can't remember what it was i was reading or watching something you know and i was just thinking if we just focused on taking care of every single child how many social ills would just disappear well and I've right off seen, the page i've seen a lot of posts specifically the one where it talks about how we our taxes go to pay for people in jail in their three meals a day, but kids we, but can't. But kids, yeah, can't have hot lunch. At school. Right. I know. It's such a bunch of crap. It should be flipped the other way around. Well, I have to tell you, and this is another thing. You know, these are things that have changed. This is the other thing. The bullshit we're doing right now is not the way it's always been. When I was growing up in, in grade school, when you ate hot lunch, I usually took cold lunch, but when you did eat hot lunch... um. You got like you could go up and get seconds and thirds and how until the food was gone. Right. It was all homemade. It was made on site. Nobody, there was never a kid that went hungry ever. Right. And this bullshit that we have now of denying children lunch and I can't remember. I just recently saw a post. Some state is going to try to take kids away from their parents if they don't pay their lunch debts. Which what a bunch of bullshit that is. Right. I mean. I'm all for, like I said, in situations like this where you've got flat out neglect, but there's a big difference between poverty. Right. And when you make it impossible for people to take care of their families and then penalize them, take away their kids, you know, I'm sorry. It's time for the torches and the pitchforks. Right. So, all right. Yeah, I'm done. it was. Sorry. Yeah. This was a sad case. Yes. It, it was, was a very, it was one of those that. That hit me hard. Mm -hmm. Take care of children, people, and vote for people who take care of children. And realize you are creating our society. We have got to change stuff. Right. But, yeah, this poor, poor little boy. Yeah. It was. It, that was a sad one. It was so. a sad one. All right. We got to stop. So. Next week we're in Hawaii. Yes. I'm kind of excited. Okay. I'm going to have to tell you that I already have a case written down. I that hate I, you. Because Hawaii's hard. Hard. Is it hard? Okay. Very. I, I remember have when one I first in mind, started looking into and it. If you, I have one in mind. If you stole it, I'm going to stab you. Uh, I have had this. So I'll be doing this by myself next week talking about how I killed Caleb. <laughs> um, yeah. So okay. next week we are in Hawaii. We're almost done with our states for I know, our first round. Which is kind of cool. We are almost done. I honestly have to say I'm shocked that we've come this far. Me too. I really did. I thought, okay, we're going to do this for a few weeks, and then we're both going to get bored or tired or busy. <laughs> and I'm we've done well. I'm kind of proud of us. So am I. I'm really proud of I us. I didn't expect us to go this long either. I know. And I'm even prouder of our listeners because, honestly, that's what's made it easier for me to go. It's like when people are like, I like listening, and I learned something, or right. I thought about something, and like... You guys are awesome, and we appreciate you so much. Right. I agree. We do. Yeah. So, 
Um, we appreciate you so much, and we'd appreciate you more if you went onto your Apple Podcast <laughs> and you rate and reviewed us. Look at that little segue. That we was did. so good. <laughs> uh, it does help us out a lot when you rate and review us. Yes. Also, check out our Instagram and our Twitter, which you may or may not want to do because because I suck and we I both never suck. I do. I am going to for sure post uh, the book. Yes. On that. our Instagram, okay. so that if. Yeah. So Any of you or anybody else who wants good Christmas I'll present link, ideas. I'll link it to the Amazon link so that if any of you do want to purchase it, I'm imagining, I haven't read it, I don't know, but I'm going to imagine that it is a fantastic book. Okay. Um, oh. We might have to edit that out. Sorry. Eh. What are they going to do? Sue us for giving Probably. them? I don't know. For giving them customers? I don't know. I mean, who knows? Okay, yeah, I'm anyway. going to leave it in. And if they tell us to take it down, we'll take it oh down. Oh my God, we're going to die. Jeff Bezos is going to sue us. <laughs> or we're, have us murdered. We're sending him customers, <laughs> so he should be fine with it. All right. But anyway, and um, do make sure you like us on Facebook. Join our discussion page. If you There's have. a lot more in action on the discussion page than Lately. the Facebook page. Yes. Um, And just know how much we appreciate you. And if you have any suggestions, please, please, please tell us your suggestions. Yeah, especially a Hawaiian case Ooh. Apparently. Send it to me, not Kaylin. I guess I could ask my grandma. My grandma used to live in Hawaii. Ooh, okay. Maybe a good one. Yeah. But um, we are the biggest procrastinators. So if you do have any suggestions or any case that you want us to cover, yes. please let us know. You can email us at the state of or at state of crime podcast at gmail.com or just message our Facebook page and yep. we'll get them either way. But yeah, we really do appreciate suggestions more than anybody really That's understands right. <laughs> because we are huge procrastinators right. and I am the most indecisive person that I know. So next to me. <laughs> so until next time. Thanks for listening.